0: Welcome back to another episode of Fez Talks. I, of course, am your host, Fez. Today in the podcast, we talk about the next generation pilot encounter at Farpoint. So without any further ado, let's get into it.
1: Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation.
2: Now I'm directed to return to thine own solar system immediately.
1: A hostile alien threatens the Enterprise. Our only choice is to fight. Fight or try to escape. But despite their efforts to challenge its far. The crew is trapped. We yes, surrender and forced to stand trial for the crimes of mankind
0: on Star Trek:
1: The Next Generation.
0: Encounter at Far Point first aired September 28, 1987. Written by D.C. Fontana and Gene Roddenberry, directed by Corey Allen. The in-universe star date 41153.7. Captain Jean-Luc Picard leads the crew of the USS Enterprise-D on its maiden voyage to examine a new planetary station for trade with the Federation. On the way, they encounter Q, an omnipotent, extra-dimensional being who challenges humanity as a barbaric, inferior species. Picard and his new crew must hold off Q's challenge and solve the puzzle of Far Point Station on Deneb-4, a base that is far more than it seems. Starring Patrick Stewart as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Jonathan Frakes as Commander William Riker. LeVar Burton as Lieutenant Geordi LaForge. Denise Crosby as Lieutenant Natasha Yar. Michael Dorn as Lieutenant Worf. Gates McFadden as Dr. Crusher. Marina Sirtis as Counselor Deanna Troy. Brent Spiner as Lieutenant Commander Data and Will Wheaton as Wesley Crusher.
1: You will agree, Data, that Starfleet's orders are
3: difficult. Difficult? Simply solve the mystery of Farpoint Station. As simple as that.
2: Farpoint Station.
1: Even the name sounds mysterious. It's hardly simple, Data, to negotiate a friendly agreement for Starfleet to use the base while at the same time snoop around, finding out how and why the life form
0: there built it. I've mentioned a bunch of times on this show that Uh, Next Generation was my first Star Trek I couldn't tell you what the episode was But this is how I came into Star Trek Um, Encounter at Farpoint gives us Three characters who will go far beyond Next Generation In their portrayals on Star Trek And uh, first of those is We'll go with our special guest star John Delancey, Q He appears in virtually every season of Next Generation, one episode of Deep Space Nine, and three or four episodes of Voyager. Although his most memorable interactions are with Captain Picard, he has chemistry with Riker and of course the Madam Captain from Voyager. Next up, we're going to go with a con officer on the battle bridge who doesn't have a name initially, eventually gets a name and then finally by the fourth season of Next Gen gets a full name. He's the transporter chief of the Enterprise D and the chief of operations of Deep Space Nine, Call Meany as Miles Edward O'Brien. Only the second longest running character in Star Trek and now finally for the longest running character in Star Trek who served in all seven seasons of Next Generation and the last four seasons of Deep Space Nine, Michael Dorn as Lieutenant Worf. A concept that was brought up in the original series episode The Apple is finally put into practice here in Encounter at Farpoint with the saucer separation. Actually there was also storyboards of after, uh, in the motion picture, that the Enterprise saves Earth from V'ger, that the Klingons come un and they start attacking the Enterprise. And then they do a saucer separation there as well. But that didn't make it into the movie. It was storyboarded, however. But we get to see a saucer separation at warp, which is supposedly very, very dangerous,
2: Thou art notified that thy kind hath infiltrated the galaxy too far already. Thou art directed to return to thine own solar system immediately. That's quite a directive. Would you mind identifying what you are? We call ourselves the Cube. Well, thou mates call me that. It's all much the same thing. I present myself to thee as a fellowship captain that thou mayst better understand me go back whence thou camest
0: this particular episode starts a tradition of the previous series bringing in somebody to basically pass the baton to in quotes the next generation in this particular instance DeForest kelly reappears as admiral leonard mccoy Right before or right after the the part two break in this uh, pilot episode. Followed by Deep Space Nine, Patrick Stewart comes on to Deep Space Nine for the beginning episode. Quark comes on to Caretaker for Voyager's premiere episode. I'm not sure how many people know this particular fact, but when... Next Gen premiered... It was the first... One of the first, I think... uh, First run syndication TV shows. Because... They shopped Next Gen all the way around. NBC, CBS, Fox... All the major networks. And they didn't want it. They either wanted it at 13 episodes... And they couldn't make the the money work out. Or... They just thought science fiction was played out. Originally... Dorothy Fontana, D.C. Fontana of Star Trek, wrote the pilot episode, which was Encounter at Farpoint, but not as we know it. It was just the Encounter at Farpoint par- portion, not the cube portion. Um, the heads at the network studio, I don't know what you want to call it, but um, John Pike ordered a two-hour uh, pilot which Gene said that he wasn't going to write, but inevitably, as the story goes, he had D.C. Fontana write the one-hour version of the pilot, and then he slapped together the Q storyline onto it, saying to the writers that the studio wanted uh, Gene Roddenberry's name on it, and uh, I'm not sure if that's apocryphal, but according to the documentary that William Shatner did Chaos on the Bridge and interviewed with D.C. Fontana and David Gerald. Uh, Gene wanted the credit on the episode so he could get paid
1: alright we agree there is evidence to support the court's contention that humans have been savage therefore I say test us test
2: whether this is presently true of humans. I see. I see. And so you petition the court to accept you and your comrades as proof of what humanity has become. There must be many ways we can be tested. We have a long mission ahead of us. Another brilliant suggestion, Captain. But your test hardly requires a long mission. Your immediate destination offers far more challenge than you can possibly imagine. Yes, this Farpoint station will be an excellent test.
0: So another concept, or a couple concepts that were actually borrowed. um, Star Trek Phase 2 was going to be the next generation of the 70s, which actually would have had Captain Kirk again, William Shatner, with three new characters at the exclusion of Mr. Spock, who... Leonard Nimoy didn't want to do anything Star Trek in a serialized fashion, um, partly due to the advertisements that had his likeness. But three of those characters actually found their way into Next Generation in three characters that we know and love. And they are Commander Will Decker, Lieutenant Ilea, and Lieutenant Zahn. And the characters that embody those those traits are obviously Commander Riker, Counselor Deanna Troy, and Lieutenant Commander Data. Same backstory for Will Decker and Ilya, slash Will Riker and Deanna Troy. Both couples met on the female's home planet while the male was stationed there, fell in love, and then they separated both males going onto the command track of Starfleet and doing their careers versus love. And the females kind of sort of holding a candle for them. And Lieutenant Zahn or Lieutenant Commander Data is the Spock replacement in this show. Or in Phase 2, Zahn was the literal replacement of Mr. Spock. Um, Interesting to note that Lieutenant Zahn and Lieutenant Commander Data both are interested in humans and emotions and all that other stuff, having read some of the source material for it, versus Spock who wanted to be as far away from his human side as possible. And a concept we pick up from the original series a couple of times over. Most notable, at least to me, is the squire of Gothos, Trelane. Um, Q and Trelane are a lot alike. Although Trelane had, was a being who had parents and he was like a little boy. Q is this omnipotent being that has no parents and has existed since the, before the beginning of time. Basically, we find out way later in Star Trek. But um, another set of beings that you could even pull from the original series are the Organians from Erin and Mercy or the Metrons from Arena. Coincidentally, all three of these episodes from the first season of the original series, but I digress.
1: I've asked the counselor to join us in this meeting. May I introduce our new first officer, Commander William Riker. Commander Riker, this is our ship's counselor, Deanna Troy.
3: Do you remember what I taught you, Imzadi? Can you still sense my thoughts? A pleasure, Commander.
4: Likewise, Counselor. Have the two of you met before? We have, sir.
0: Excellent. Unlike Where No Man Has Gone Before, which I reviewed with Roy last week, uh, Encounter at Farpoint gives us all of our main series characters in our pilot episode. And the pilot is actually the pilot, or the first episode of the series. Um, We're given a lot of backstory on all the characters, whether it be Will and Deanna's relationship, or... Picard's relationship with Dr. Crusher and Wesley. Being that Picard was Jack Crusher's best friend. And he was the captain or the commander of the mission which Jack Crusher died. And that's why during the encounter at Farpoint Wesley tells Will Riker that uh, Picard brought back Jack Crusher's body home to them. Something that we only touch on for a little bit because Tasha only appears in 22 episodes of next gen or at least the first 22 episodes of next gen is the fact that she was on a planet called Turkana 4 which we, we'll learn later in the series that there were rape gangs and all this other stuff um, there we learn about Jordy and his visor all this other sorts of things, including B- Will Riker and his backstory with his cap, his former Captain DeSoto from The Hood, which drops Riker off at Deneb 4. And fortunately enough for us, uh, also Encounter at Point sets up the relationships, or a lot of the relationships will com- come to know and love. ...throughout the show, whether it's Captain Picard and Commander Riker and their relationship. My personal favorite is the interaction between Riker and Data for the first time on the holodeck... ...or the will-they-won't-they of Will and Deanna from the beginning of this episode. And grant you that we don't get the Geordi and Data or any of the Worf and Riker... Or the Crusher Indiana stuff that will eventually happen, or even the Wesley Picard stuff that we won't get until season two. But you see that you know Picard sees the potential in him, even in the beginning of this show.
4: Permission to speak candidly, sir. Always, having been a first officer yourself. You know that assuming that responsibility must, by definition, include the safety of the captain. I have no problem with following any rules you lay down, short of compromising your safety. And you don't intend to back off from that position? No, sir. One further thing.
1: Special favor. Anything, sir? Using the same strength you showed with Captain DeSoto, I would appreciate it if you could keep me from making an ass of myself with children. Sir? I'm not a family man, Riker, and yet Starfleet has given me a ship with children aboard.
0: It has been said that uh, the three characters, Picard, Riker, and uh, Wesley, are the three, or at least the way Gene Roddenberry thought of the characters, as the three different versions of him there's Picard the elder statesman who oversees everything Will Riker the will womanizer and the uh the on the ground commander of the away mission and then Wesley being the idealist and the the person that's looking forward to the future which I always thought was interesting um unlike with my review of where no man has gone before with Roy, where I thought there was so much good in that, that, that I would have liked to explore in like a two hour setting. This is one of those times where, and I'm a big fan of the two part episodes that Star Trek or the multi-part arcs that Star Trek has done over the years. Um, Encounter at Far Point just feels so bloated. And all the really good stuff is in part two, and I can tell basically what Gene Roddenberry wrote and what DC Fontana wrote, and what DC Fontana wrote was all the good character things, like the Picard with the children. And this is just my opinion, and I could be I could be way off base, but all the um, all the Q stuff seemed. I don't know. It, it seemed so unnecessary to the actual mystery of the far point Station. And the Trial of the Century thing, which, again, another Star Trek t- tradition that starts with this episode is Q. We were introduced to Q, and he puts humanity on trial. Then, at the end of the show, in All Good Things... The ending of that trial of humanity. Where he eventually... Spoiler alert if you haven't seen that episode. That Q helps Picard save humanity. Because Q has grown attached to Picard. And as a result humanity. Um, Deep Space Nine with Emissary. You find out that Cisco is the Emissary of the Prophets. And that journey ends in what we leave behind in the finale of DS9 where Cisco joins with the prophets having done what the prophecy says and he gets rid of the pares uh Voyager in Caretaker Voyager is flung 75,000 light years away to the Delta Quadrant and have to make their way home and in Endgame Voyager's finale Voyager comes home albeit in an unsuspecting way but it had to involve the Borg basically the whole book ending of a series is what the the uh that tradition is and to go back to the whole Q storyline and what Gene wrote it it shows that Q being thrown into the Encounter at Farpoint story doesn't exactly mishmash When I was younger, I didn't notice it as much, but as I've gotten older, working on sets and writing my own stuff, I can tell what has been, in quotes, cut and pasted and thrown together with something else, because it doesn't exactly jibe.
3: If you got some reason you want my atoms scattered all over space, boy? No, sir. But at your age, sir, I thought you shouldn't have to put up with the time and trouble of a shuttlecraft. Hold it right there, boy. Sir? What about my age? Sorry, sir, if that subject troubles you. Troubles me? What's so damn troublesome about not having died? How old you think I am, anyway? 137 years, Admiral, according to Starfleet records. Explain how you remember that so exactly. I remember every fact I'm exposed to, sir. I don't see no points on your ears, boy. But you sound like a Vulcan. No, sir. I'm an android. Hmm. Almost as bad. I thought it was generally accepted, sir, that Vulcans are an advanced and most honorable race. They are, they are damn annoying at times yes sir well is a new ship but she's got the right name now you remember that you hear i will sir you treat her like a lady and she'll always bring you home <laughs>
0: I will say I wasn't around when Next Gen premiered, so I only have my recollection of what I thought during the pilot, and I wasn't even born yet for Next Gen's pilot. So take this with a grain of salt. But overall, I thought of the things that they could have done to be tropey... bringing back Dr. McCoy was probably top on my list of really good things that I didn't know I needed. As a young kid, I, I've i told you guys all, William Shatner, Captain Kirk was my jam, still is my jam. Um, and I also thought, as a kid, Leonard Nimoy's Mr. Spock would have been a better choice. But as I've gotten older, I've understood now that it needed a, An elder statesman like D. Kelly to pass the baton to Captain McCard and his crew in a scene with next-gen's Mr. Spock.
4: When the captain suggested you, I looked up your record. Yes, sir. A wise procedure, sir, always. Then your rank of lieutenant commander is honorary. No, sir.
3: Starfleet, class of 78, honors in probability mechanics and exobiology. your file says that you're, a Machine, correct, sir. Does that trouble you? To be honest, yes. A little? Understood, sir. Prejudice is very human.
4: Now, that does trouble me. Do you consider yourself
3: superior to us? I am superior, sir, in many ways. But I would gladly give it up to be human.
4: Nice to meet you, Pinocchio. Good joke.
3: Intriguing.
0: You're going to be an interesting companion, Mr. Data. I'm so glad that uh, Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner got to have this scene together, and it's probably my favorite out of everything in the pilot other than the end scene, which I seem to like all of the end scenes in all these pilots so far, since I've gone back and rewatched them. But this scene is actually called back in uh, Star Trek Nemesis when, spoiler alert, that Data sacrifices himself to save Captain Picard and the Enterprise. Uh, Riker calls back this scene, but he can't remember what the tune was that Data was whistling. And... Uh, I've told you before, I'll tell you again, and I'll continue to tell you from the rooftops, I love character development like this. This shows the budding relationship of Riker and Data, much like the budding relationship in Where No Man Has Gone Before with Kirk and Spock. This is our version of Kirk and Spock for those of you who are Next Generation fans. And I grant you that later on, Data's going to have... A different relationship with Picard. And a different relationship with Worf and Geordi. Even Counselor Troy and Dr. Crusher. All of them have different relationships. But this is the one relationship that is analogous to Kirk and Spock. Throughout the entire run of the show. And it starts here in this scene. It's... All these little character moments... Were really, really good. And I wish... That this particular episode was just more condensed. Um, And that's not to say that John Delancey as Q didn't do a good job because I love Q. He works in certain settings like he works with Picard. He works with Janeway. He did not work for me with Cisco in the one episode he was on DS9. Getting back to Encounter at Farpoint, um, you know we're set up with lots of storylines that some get paid off and some don't like the Will Riker and Deanna Troy relationship they eventually get married in Star Trek Nemesis um Geordi eventually gets rid of the visor after generations and get gets ocular implants in first contact or for first contact and actually at, at one point gets his original eyes back in insurrection but that goes away after they leave the baku planet um we're setting up a relationship with dr crusher with captain picard something that we're teased with a couple of times and in the books they go further with that journey um we're setting up wesley crusher being on the bridge um Worf doesn't really have a storyline yet in fact Michael Dorn was a last minute casting and I think for most of the first episode or most of the first season I can't remember exactly how long it was but nobody knew what Michael Dorn looked like without his prosthetics for the longest time because he'd be the first one in the makeup trailer and he'd be the last one to leave Um, also a storyline that gets carried through I mentioned it before The Trial of the Century with Q. Uh, Q is constantly testing humanity. Whether it's here in Encounter at Farpoint or fleeing the Enterprise to meet the Borg for the first time. Getting a lot of storylines. And the most important storyline, at least I think to Next Generation and probably to the Next Gen fans is Data wanting to become more human, whereas Spock wanted to suppress his human emotions and wanted to become more Vulcan. You've got the most Vulcan person you could possibly be. No emotions, can't use contractions. Data wants to be human. And that's beautiful.
2: Mom, could you get me a look at the bridge? That's against the captain's standing orders. Are you afraid of the captain too? certainly am not
3: but captain picard is a pain isn't he
2: your father liked him
3: very much Great explorers are often lonely no chance to have a family
2: just to look at the bridge i'll stay in the turbo lift when the doors open i won't get off you are asking for trouble wes
0: i gotta say that you know as a kid i did not like wesley crusher and i kind of get it he was kind of a smart ass. And um but I wouldn't go so far as to say that I hated him. And, you know, even at a young age I could I could tell the difference between character and person. And um grant you it's just the way that it's not the way that Will portrayed Wesley. It's the way that they wrote Wesley. They wrote him to be... They wrote him to be the MacGuffin, for lack of a better term, on Next Gen. All the adults who went to Starfleet Academy can't do it. Let's let the kid do it. And something that I learned from Chaos on the Bridge, and something that I've talked about a lot with Star Trek fans that I know, you know who you are... Um. First season and second season of Next Gen was fraught with chaos um, in the writers' room and behind the scenes. Lot there used to be, a, according to uh, Ron Moore, who became the Klingon expert of Next Gen, was writing partners with Brandon Braga later later on. Um, there used to be a plaque of all the people who came and left. The writing staff of Next Generation. And um, I feel like if they had the stability like they started to have with Michael Piller in Season 3, they would have found their legs earlier. Um, also, the writing in general for women in Star Trek. In particular, the Next Generation with Marina Gates... And Denise, I personally thought was atrocious at, at times. And that's part of the reason why um, Denise left at the end of season one in the episode Skin of Evil. Because most of the time she was, yes sir, I sir. It's kind of like what Will did eventually um, in the fourth season when he thought he was going to go do his movie career. And that, didn't, that never happened. But. In general, writing for women has either been very, very, very good or very, very bad. And I think when it comes to our next generation women, it's skewed on, on the worse for the most part.
3: Those stairs were entered down here, sir. this point it
2: becomes ordinary stone,
3: sir, matching what's above. Was that a phaser blast? Negative. But something similar.
4: (laughs) You, Tasha, Geordie will beam up to the ship now. Come on. I want to see exactly what's happening.
1: Don't! If you should be hurt!
4: You have your orders, Lieutenant. Carry them out.
3: Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Enterprise? Free to beam
0: up. So, my overall thoughts for Encounter po- Far Point I thought it was a good episode. Um, it's a double feature episode, so that's an hour and a half, so a two hour premiere. It's, that's another thing that got started with the Star Trek premieres. Um, two hours. Um, I thought it was bloated. Uh, Like I said earlier in the episode, it's two different stories that got mashed together and they don't necessarily complement each other quite right. I think with a little revision, it could have been made a lot better. Um, But as an introductory episode, because no pilot is going to be 100% from Jump Street... It was a good introduction to all our characters. Now, grant you, we don't get backstory on everybody. Uh, the one character we don't is the longest-running character in Star Trek, and this character has so much backstory, not even just from backstory backstory. It's backstory from all the episodes of Star Trek he's been in. Um, it's actually really funny that the two longest-running star trek characters are in this episode grant you with very little to do even though they come become very very important later on um and it's also got the introduction of q our omnipotent being versus the original series trelane and trelane was only only in the squire Gothos. we got q in about i want to say it's like eight or nine episodes there's like seven in the next gen there's like one in uh, there's one in Deep Space Nine and like three or four in Voyager, so that's like 11, 12 episodes in the whole Star Trek canon. We're not even talking like like he was the Borg and the Borg came back like five billion times. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good episode. It, it's beautifully shot and. I don't have the regular standard definition DVDs anymore. I have the Blu-rays. And what you see on Netflix is the Blu-ray remastered. Where they went back and you know, up-res them to 1080p. And it shows how much detail there was on the film. And I'm just going to take one real quick second. To talk about the main title. Slash the end title themes. They are a mixture of. Alexander Courage's original theme. From the original series. And Jerry Goldsmith's. um, Theme from. The motion picture. And I think. They were orchestrated by Ron Jones. But don't quote me on that. Whenever I hear the, the motion picture theme or I hear the Next Generation theme, I can't help but start to get emotional because they both have the same themes, obviously, but also because the Next Generation was my gateway to Star Trek. Um, So whenever I hear that theme, I'm thinking about Next Gen. I'm thinking about... Uh, the, mo- the the Star Trek motion pictures, which was my gateway into the original series. And I think I started with Wrath of Khan, which is like the weirdest place to start. I don't even remember watching uh, the motion picture until I was like, I don't know, like eight years old. And even at eight years old, as much as people like to call it the S- Star Trek, the motionless picture, I was so into it because of all the character development Or the character moments in it, just like I get into it with these episodes.
2: Tempo, tempo, mon capita. I'm merely trying to assist a pitiful species.
0: So, before we get out of here, make sure you check out Roy's Tie Dye Sci Fi Corner. He is up to no good on that channel on Facebook, Fridays at 7 o'clock and alternating Sundays at 7 o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time in both cases. Also make sure to check out Mary Beth and Mike Rizzo on Sci-Fi distilled, whether it's Facebook watch on Wednesdays at seven o'clock or you can catch them on Anchor, Google, Spotify, all those other places where you get actual podcasts. Now on to our piece of business. make sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast. You can get it at Anchor, Google, Apple, Spotify basically wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to go see us on Facebook, Fez FezTalks-Podcast, Instagram and Twitter, at FezTalks, and if you want to get a hold of us the old-fashioned way, send an email, FezTalks at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you. Coming up for the podcast, there's going to be a review of Zack Snyder's Justice League with my cousin Dylan and one of his friends, Garrett. Also coming up on the podcast, we continue our journey through the Star Trek pilots with Deep Space Nine's Emissary with Stevie Lee. And finally, at least on the schedule, Star Trek Voyager's Caretaker with my new friend Brittany. So until next time, my fellow podcast listeners, let's get out of here with Number One and Captain Picard.
3: All stations, ready for departure, sir. Some
4: problem, Riker. Just hoping this isn't the usual way our missions will go, sir. Oh, no, number one. I'm sure most will be much more interesting.
1: Let's see what's out there. Engage.